Okay, good afternoon and welcome to Shed Sessions. It is a lovely summer's evening. The birds are still singing. I guess they sing till about 10 p.m. now and sometimes even later into the night. And we're in the shed and the shed is towards the east and we've got the sun in the west kind of beaming in and it's golden sunlight and the raspberries are coming on nicely. I expect they'll turn red in a week or two and we'll have a glut of raspberries. I've got to make sure not too many fall down, otherwise more and more grow. They spread like weeds. to welcome Lee Switzer-Wolf into the shed. And I got to see him at a gig recently at the library on Cowley Road in Oxford. And that's quite a venue. and It's very well known amongst musicians. And it's it's a lovely venue to, to be in the audience in. And Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of my favourite venues. I love the library. A little sort of dark basement. I, I think that suits me quite well. <laughs> Although I do love being here in a nice light shed with some raspberries outside. So. Good, and, and some birdsong and all the cheery yeah. stuff. But Lee, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me in the shed. And it's a real privilege to have an artist like you with us. And I was blown away by the set you did and Thank it was you. part of a a tour you were doing can That's you right, tell us yeah. a little bit about that well it was part of a uh I, I think we should probably call it a run of shows rather than a tour because it was four dates <laughs> uh, it's a tour <laughs> four dates over three weeks I, i've had some stick from some friends for calling that a tour um but yeah no it was really really one of the best things i've done for a long long time so it was with um page of swords uh, Ian Mitchell, who's from Oxford and and has some great projects here, like Little Red, um, which is how I first met him through his band Little Red, uh, and Jack Cade, who's a singer-songwriter, Americana style with a big, deep, gruff voice, um, who used to live in Reading, which is where I'm from. So I, I'd kind of met him on the local scene a few times, but never actually played with him. So when so he now lives in Brighton, and we had this idea between the three of us to kind of at least do those three towns and then try and get something else as well um so yeah we, we did that and it was absolutely brilliant it was so much fun and uh, the library was a, a real highlight good well it was a highlight for me it was such a treat coming to see three amazing acts like each one of them i couldn't believe it they just got better and better and i mean even the first one i think it was page of swords he was yeah. on first and I thought, how do you get better than this? And then it just goes and goes. It was yeah. it was fantastic. And I I got to meet you briefly at the bar afterwards and we had a quick chat and I knew I wanted 
you to join oh, us on the you. in the shed sessions thing. So thank you very much for, for coming no, yeah, down. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll say following Page of Swords is particularly difficult because Ian is a very self-deprecating type person. So what he'll do is he'll stand up there and he'll play this amazing set and then tell the audience, well, this was terrible, but the next guy is great. And the pressure is suddenly, you know, <laughs> through the roof. Well, everyone did a, a fantastic job and it, it was one of those shows that left me feeling really happy, even though a lot of the songs were quite sad. <laughs> and that's what sad music does for me. It makes me feel happy. I don't know yeah. how or why. And even if I am feeling sad and I listen to Nick Cave, for example, it lifts me up or Radiohead even, it, it lifts me up. So it was a great night and we've got you here with us and we're going to hear some wonderful music i'm sure and i was gonna talk about little things that happened today but how's how's your day been so far how was your journey here my journey here was fine the exciting journey from Reading to oxford it's uh it doesn't take too long so it was okay really it was nice and sunshiny which is good so yeah it was it's the first time i just left the house today because i've been working from home so it was uh good to get out and enjoy the sun slash motorway oh good at <laughs> least there wasn't any like backup of traffic because no, often there is fine. on that road but yeah that was all good 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 well I, I had one little interesting story from today i i skateboard on the school run so i skate and i know you refer to a skateboarder kid in one of your songs <laughs> yeah not very nice skateboarder kid i think i can't right. remember hey i've got nothing against skateboarder kids <laughs> okay that's all right and so I was skating and my daughter scoots next to me or behind me and it's it's so special because I know she's soon going to be in secondary school and I won't be able to do that. Yeah. And all the parents have got over the fact that this dad skates and I will just keep doing it. This morning she came off the scooter right by oh, no. the shop's busy road and she, she was okay and she brushed herself off and got going again. And I felt really bad seeing her off and hoping she'd be all right. And then later in the day, I went past the area where she fell and there's a building site there. And one of the builders stopped me, he said, excuse me. And I said, oh, hi. And he said, are you the guy that skateboards here with your daughter to school in the mornings? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, she fell off this morning. And he said, oh, I didn't see that. And he said, oh, I was just going to tell you how how nice I think it is that, that oh, you're doing great. that. So from that horrible incident, she fell over to that lovely compliment. It brought yeah. things up again. So It is lovely, isn't it? My son is six and he scoots everywhere. And I've started scooting because he's got to the point where he's confident and fast. So I now go on a scooter so I can keep up with him. And it is. It's great. It's really nice. It's good. It's good yeah. fun. I like stuff with wheels, not not a motor generally. Yeah, like no. yeah. Just <laughs> no motor, just wheels. Yeah, just <laughs> wheels. But Lee, before we before I get too carried away, how how about we go into your first song? Sure. Yeah. Sleeping late, walking to get coffee, hoping the world doesn't end. Looking for hints of annihilation in the eyes of old friends. Shoring up tangible liquidity, waiting for the comet to fall. 
Watch the skies for a lifetime Like you're waiting on a signal But can you feel The flame under your hands The hands of hell Pulling you in All the lesions on your skin And the prickly heat No, it can't just be me Working late and searching for a purpose Hoping the world doesn't end Looking for hints of annihilation In essays of students So sure enough, reality is valid Not to phase down through the floor And every thought is a symptom When the imbalance is chemical But can you feel all the lifelines on your hands The trail of fate Expiring All the listlessness within This hollowing defeat It can't just be me Stop looking for the last thing I want to find I'm barely alive But I can hear the soil scream in my hands The turning of this history of sin A universe recoiling And time losing its teeth And I can feel all the flame under my hands And the hands of hell is pulling me in With the lesions on my skin And the prickly heat It can't just be me That was amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And you started with the title track to your second album. That's right. Yeah. Well, I thought it would segue nicely into talking about it. Oh, very well done. Well, I've been listening to your albums a lot recently and I'm, I find them very th therapeutic and lovely guitar oh, work. And I know we're doing an unplugged session now, but the album's are fully plugged in and there's some really quite heavy guitar riffs going on in there and I enjoy it a lot. Oh, thank you, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a uh, bit of distortion in there to, to mix it up a bit. I think um, I really wanted to do this unplugged today because one thing I found doing that mini tour that we talked about is that the songs kind of took on a really different life once you took all of that those other elements away. So I think it's nice to have both sides. Yeah, definitely. I love hearing an unplugged stripped back version it's mm. it's got a purity and a wholesomeness to it and it it really shows what musicians are about and 
Um, I, I enjoy both. <laughs> both. Oh, but, but this is this is so good to hear. And so that was from your 2023 album, Annihilation Signals. That's right. And it is an, an amazing album. And I've been listening to it on Spotify. And you've kindly brought one of the CDs for me. So thank you very much. And you also made an album in 2022 called Scientific Automatic Palmistry. That's right. And I only remembered to say it because I picked it up and read it, but I, I've, I've called it scientific automated palmistry, but it's automatic palmistry. And it's a, it's a beautiful title and it, it has me asking a lot of questions in my head about what it's about and everything. And the, the cover art is fantastic. It's a hand over a, like an oil lamp kind of flame. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so two albums in two years. Yeah. That's incredible, Lee. What happened there? Yeah, well, no albums in the previous 20 is what happened. <laughs> uh, lockdown, to be honest, is what happened. I, I'd never done any home recording before. Um, I'd always, I've always been in bands with people who are engineers and I've recorded various EPs and things in studios, but I'd never really embraced the home recording thing beyond making rubbish demos on my phone sort of thing uh so when lockdown happened the first thing i did was to you know get an interface and a microphone and and actually be able to try to do something um and it was over i don't think i achieved much in the first year to be honest but by the end i'd started to record quite a few songs um and i sent them over to a friend of mine aiden pierce who's mixed and mastered both of these and he his response was very kind he was basically like yeah okay send me nine more of these and and we're away um so yeah so i just the album came together actually really quickly the first one um and once that was out i don't know i loved doing it so much and the response to it was was very warm was very nice so i just very quickly did another one i should probably take a break now but I don't think I will. I think you need a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Because these two flow nicely into each other, I found. So when I was listening to Scientific Automatic Palmistry, yeah. I, I wanted more, not necessarily of the same. Yeah. And the, the next album delivered that. So it was oh, great. It was just a slightly different feel. I think it, it was a little bit heavier um, and enjoyed it thoroughly. And now, now I would like another one please <laughs> yeah sure give me give me a few weeks have uh, you started writing anymore uh sort of i started i basically i i always write songs when i should be practicing so when we had when we were doing those four dates of uh you know i, I really wanted to find some time to actually practice i'd not played live in quite a while um and i finally got an, an afternoon where I didn't have work and my wife and my son were out of the house. I thought, okay, I can really practice this set. And I sat down and wrote like two new songs instead and, and practiced very quickly at the end. So uh, I've got a couple of, of new things, but yeah, I, I'm yet to find a theme or anything I'm happy with. Yeah, it must be hard. I can't imagine what it's like writing one song, let alone nine or 10 for an entire album. But I suppose once you get the flow does it just suddenly happen or? Yeah, I think so. The second one was a bit more like that because I wanted it to have a unifying theme. The first one was I'm writing songs. Oh, now I'm recording them. I'll make them sound like an album. Uh, whereas the second one I knew from the beginning I was making an album. So I, I wanted it to have a unifying theme that ran through the lyrics, that ran through the, the music. 
Um, so that one kind of went along that path. But it did take me a while to find that. So I think the tricky part is knowing what you want to write about and then the rest comes together quite quickly. Okay, I'll, I'll take that tip. I, I've decided to try write a sig s single and I'm looking at Ian and he, he might be a bit shocked, but I've got a friend who lives across the road and he's a musician and I said to him, I'd really like to work on creating a, a song with you. I'm not a musician. Is that going to be okay? And he said, well, you know, we can use your creativity and you can start writing and then we'll try work out yeah. a rhythm. And I said, what's a rhythm? How do you do that? He said, just tap something out like on your knee or on your drum or, and we can work with that. And I don't know if I can even tap out a rhythm, but we'll get there in the end. And I've got this idea of using some electronic sounds because I'm I'm really enjoying electronic music and your music has been described as folktronica. Yeah, I think so. That's probably a rather generous uh, description of it. But um, yeah, I mean, my so my first album was I've recorded some acoustic songs and then I started playing around and I put some very simple beats and some little synthy parts around it. So again, it was all kind of sticking things on top of an existing song. Um, and, and again, with the second album, I, it was a bit more unified. So I, I had things in place from the beginning and yeah. I was always writing it to be a bigger song. Um, but yeah, I think uh, my advice would be just write stuff. It doesn't matter if it's bad. You've got to write all the rubbish to get to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've kept it. And I mean, there's a lot of crossing out. I've got it in my notebook here. The, it's actually the page before the notes that I've written for this show. Right. And, and every day or so I go back and I change things. I tend to take words out. So there's fewer words. I don't yeah. know if that's a good idea or not, but... I mean, some would argue my songs would benefit from fewer words, I think. Oh, I don't know. I love your lyrics. And that's something I'd like to talk about a little bit later is your writing. But um, how about we go for a, another song? And Yeah. Okay, we'll go for one with lots of words in then to, okay. uh, to piece that together. I heard cats fighting beneath the rumble of the dual carriageway and what sounded like the whistle of a kettle or maybe the whistle of a falling bomb and I felt exactly as small as I was walking the tunnel beneath the train station a fire on the river I'd crossed not five minutes earlier in my chest a poor tight bag of marbles each containing a uniquely imploding solar system crashing chaotically with each shuffled step, letting out a death rattle that would ultimately scare away the cats and send my health anxiety back through a history of panic attacks. And a skateboarding kid on the town side just stared at me with the eyes of a child. Whistling like the bomb. I saw unilluminated Christmas lights failing Gothic architecture Beneath the repair your phones and the shoe zones and the coffee shop clones And I thought about how desperately lazy I had been living Never looking above my own plane of tepid existence But what version of me would survive the violence of this separation? 
while a girl, no older than 20, proclaimed the rapture to a near-empty bus shelter, brandishing photocopied pamphlets, and whistling like the bomb. were graffitied with long-suppressed memories and the electrical switch boxes were fly-papered with unopened emails. In the distance I heard sirens sing Frere Jacques to the distorted canned laughter. I found an Einstein-Rosen bridge and I... There you go. Wow. That song brings up so many images in my head, and I guess I know you're from Reading, so I'm I'm guessing that set in Reading, the train station, yeah. the tunnel, the shops, the phone shops, all that. That's that Broad Street. Is that yeah, the main absolutely. street? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. See, um, Reading Borough Council can give me some money for their tourist <laughs> uh, tourism business. Yeah, no, exactly. That's it. Yeah. And I love how observational you are, and you you're picking up things that. I feel I pick up when I'm out and about little things that happen and then you're telling a story about those things that are often overlooked, so a sound or a person with a skateboard. And I, I envy your writing. I think it's really Thank special you. and I, I, the way you turn it into song and you're using that folk tradition to share your stories with us, I think it's a real gift. And also you're, you're sharing pain and I, I understand that song's got some mental health-related links, panic yeah. attacks, and so on. How do you feel when writing these songs? Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of people sort of say it's it's therapy, isn't it? It's a kind of therapeutic way to deal with these things. I think for me as well, it's just part of who I am. Like, so good and bad, you want to be putting yourself into the song. And anxiety is something that I've struggled with a lot and health anxiety that gets mentioned in that song. So... It's something that when you're in the throes of that kind of panic attack situation, you do feel the world kind of closing in on you. So when I'm writing a song like that, which is sort of about this whole feeling of the whole town kind of surrounding you. Um, and I act actually, it's about... Uh, so for after my last relationship, it's kind of about leaving, like walking through town after it happened. And this feeling of sort of the, the sky falling in like everyone's watching you you know that even though they're obviously not they're going about their day so i think it's just drawing on those kind of things and finding a use for it really finding something positive to do with anguish yeah <laughs> and it's it makes for a really good story and it's rich with imagery and a meaning and it, it's very like i say very generous of you to to share that and you, you've lived in Reading for a while. What is the music scene like in Reading? I mean, where, where did it start for you in the music scene and how has it kind of helped you along if it has? And yeah, I mean, I think we've got a complicated, uh, <laughs> complicated music scene in Reading because there is a lot of highlights for sure. 
Uh, there's some really good promoters, people like Club Velocity, who have been around for a long, long time. And they're kind of like the promoters you've got in Oxford, the ones that are established that you, you sort of work, you're always working towards playing for them. Um, but there's fewer and fewer of those, I'd say. And, and one thing we've really always struggled with in Reading is we don't have a venue for touring bands. I don't think so. When I think of if there's a band that I love that have come on tour, you know, and I'm looking around that your paintings in here and I've seen some of these bands, but I would think if I was going to see these bands, I would see them. I'd come to Oxford uh, or, or Bristol. You know, when a band I love is on tour, I end up going to Oxford or Bristol, maybe London, never Reading. Um, so we're lucky we've got a festival. We've got a couple of there's a place called the Rise and Sun Art Centre, which is one of my favorite places to play in the whole world if every gig was in there ian's nodding in, a, in approval you know i would i would live happily um but you know there's all too few of those i'd say yeah i've, I've ventured to reading for the uh, dinosaur junior gig at sub 89 well way to prove me wrong by instantly naming a touring band <laughs> <laughs> oh no no sorry i wasn't meant to do that but um it's it, it, it's a one-off like yeah. i never it doesn't so, happen so we, we do have sub 89 which is a touring capacity venue yeah but with a few exceptions it is cover bands in there yeah um i i don't think i've been to a gig I'm, i maybe did once a long time ago but i i you know i've hardly ever been there well that's the only one i've ever the only gig i've ever seen in there and since seeing dinosaur junior in there I've gone on to the website sub eighty nine and I've never seen anything else come through. So, yeah, um, it's it's a shame because it it was nice to get on the train from Oxford. It's only twenty three minutes, and then you hop off, you go see a band, and then I've been to Reading Festival a couple yeah. of times. I saw Pearl Jam in two thousand and something. I don't know when. And then my the the most famous gig that I'd never went to was that. Nirvana, was it yeah, 1997 or something? I it was in 97 because that was the first year I oh. went. It was earlier than that. And Kurt Cobain wasn't alive in 1997, yeah, so, so it wasn't... Would have been a disappointing yeah, one. <laughs> and I think it was a very disappointing. I can't remember what year it was, but I've, I've got the record of that. It's the one where he there's all the speculation about his health and yeah, they yeah. wheeled him on in a, in a, like a hospital gown. Yeah, I've and seen I've seen it. Yeah. So that that's Reading and every time I go to London on the train I look over at that field where the con where yeah. they have the festival and think of all the Yeah, the bands I mean that I have, I have seen some great bands at the festival and the first gig I ever went to was in Reading and was in the Rivermead Sports Centre which is literally just a sports centre and it was Radiohead touring OK Computer. <laughs> wow. And it's still one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Yeah. And it was in a sports centre in Redden. Um, but, yeah, we don't get that very often, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe they think because you've got the Reading Festival, that's enough for yeah, you. Yeah, you, you get know. one. You get three days a year. <laughs> but I know there's the... Ian, you do quite a few gigs there. There's the... What's that one all for, about your ears or something? Sound? How does it... Are you listening? Oh, are you listening? That's the one. Yeah. Well, are you listening is great. Yeah, that's an example of one of the... One of the great things we do have in Reading, it's a sort of all day uh, runs across, I'm not sure how many venues, about 10, something like that in town. Um, and everyone sort of, you know, everyone goes, everyone gets yeah. involved. So that's a great day. We used to have, they used to do Ox Jam as well, which was the sort of Oxfam affiliated version. That used to be brilliant. I, I miss that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, well, that's, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing to be in a country as a whole that has so much going on. I mean, some towns have less than others. And I think in Oxford, we're, we're really lucky. There's a lot going on, yeah. but still not quite as much as, say, Bristol, I guess, or London or wherever. But I think a country as a whole, fairly small country, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of artists oh, working yeah. really no, we hard. we are lucky, yeah. And I was going to ask you about you know, where you started off in your musical journey, but I'd, I'd love to hear another song and sure. then perhaps after that we could find out more about Yeah, that, yeah, sure. That's all right. Just enough low level noise For me to hide Somewhere beneath my breath I never dreamed of escape Cause I never slept Focus my obsessions Insignificant choices Replacing appliances Was an impossible task I got sick on your birthday You got impossibly mad And everyone used to say I look young for my smiles to my friends six feet above as we work through a print town of task-driven
I needed something more Oh, I knew for sure When the panic stopped And I still felt To say I look, I look young for my age. But no one says that now. It's no surprise to me. No one says that now. So good, so relatable. There were so many things in there that you pick up. People used to say you looked young for your age and they don't say that now. Yeah. And I get that. I, I used to feel like that. But it's 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 amazing how you've just put these words together that I feel people are thinking, but they just don't know how to to express it. And then each mortgage payment is like a mm. shovel into the ground and looking at your friends from, I think, six feet above, or, yeah. or yeah. you're six feet below and they're six feet above. Yeah, it's cheerful and, stuff, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. it's still just so so good and so clear and, and you're getting that message across. And, I mean, to me, it, it feels like it's that story about when everything just becomes monotony, transactional and kind of That's exactly you, you, yeah, you yeah, forget yeah. the meaning and to get lost inside an app on your phone and that can happen. Oh, you know, for sure. And, and yeah, yeah. Well, we all find ways to kind of hide, right? And I think it's about that. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously not a cheerful song at all, but it's it's about that the ways that you hide from the problem. I think. I think there's a uh, as, as much as I try to uh, avoid any kind of toxic masculinity traits. I think one thing I've been reading about recently is this thing where a lot of men find it very hard to be the bad guy in a relationship and I think that's something I've definitely suffered from before so instead you kind of hide really you're not doing anyone any favors but you you're, you're hiding with this sort of mindset that actually oh you know I'm, I'm doing this for someone else's benefit but you're not and so it's a it's a very depressing song but I am firmly the bad guy in that just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> interesting and I think that relates to when you when you said you're too much of a coward to get into a fight, so yeah. you're not standing up and saying this is got to stop or this is how I feel, and sometimes you think it's the easy option to just hide and Absolutely. and it doesn't help, does it? No. But but Lee, so where did this all start? Where did your your musicianship start? Your writing and um, yeah, well, I think for me it started when a friend of my sorry. I just, for the benefit of the tape, I was just muting my phone, which has its volume on for the first time, I think, since I've owned that phone. So I was waiting for a call <laughs> earlier. Um, so sorry about that. No problem. Uh, yeah, no, for me, it started when, back when I was kind of college age, a friend of mine, I'd always been interested in songs and particularly lyrics, but I'd never even attempted to play an instrument or anything like that. Uh, a friend of mine, he was learning guitar and he got quite good and he wanted to start writing songs and he'd kind of said but he you know he said can you try and write some lyrics so i came back to him about a week later with about 20 songs worth of song lyrics wow. you know? um, and we started making these songs uh but we were, we were a band although 
the band was him singing and playing guitar and me like a kind of ghostwriter figure <laughs> just writing the lyrics. So I, I sort of thought, well, I better learn to do some of these other things. Otherwise, I'm not very useful. Uh, and I've kind of gone from there, really. So I then um, I've been in various punk bands for uh, the last 20 odd years. Um, and I've been about 10 years ago, I started doing the seasons in shorthand, which was originally just me kind of like this acoustic. And then, uh, Kim joined, uh, who is now my wife, um, and Christian who is playing bass for us, who is, who is not my wife. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we kind of did that for quite a while, but having families and life and things means that's on a bit of a hiatus. And now I'm here doing this. Well, very seasoned musician and being in lots of punk bands, I can I can tell by the the way you play and the way you write. It's it's very raw and honest and open and I feel punk delivers that. And you mentioned the seasons in shorthand and I've got the the little seven inch vinyl um, manufactured in Oxford by All Will Be Well Records. Yeah. And it's a really fantastic record. I've oh. I've listened to it a few times and Thank you. and you've kindly brought over the physical copy. And again, the artwork is fantastic. There's a there's a book on the front that looks a bit tattered and it's got some planets on it and a bit of duct tape perhaps. It's been well well yeah, read. That that was uh, illustrated by Kim. Oh, wow, multi-talented and yeah. beautiful voice and um, yeah, f fantastic. I'm so chuffed to have that and to be able to listen to it on a record is is exciting. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pick my moment and then just put it on there, put it loud. <laughs> that, that was Having it as a record is probably a, a real highlight of doing any music for me. So I'm very grateful to, to Shan and All Be Well for putting that out. So as soon as they offered us the opportunity, they, you know, he said that he'd been pressing some records and we could do a seven inch. I was just like, we're going to the studio. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. Next day, let's get in the studio. Let's yeah. go and record some songs. Um, so, yeah, was overjoyed. And we came and we did a release show in truck. And Ian was there. Oh, good. He's getting all these mentions behind the sound desk. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's so great. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so lovely to have that physical thing it's like when i do a painting i've i've got something i've got it there Absolutely, and yeah. it, it's just so nice do you ever look at the records you've made and and think how did i do that it's 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 there and it's actually quite good but how did that happen does that ever i don't know if i ever think it's there and it's actually quite good <laughs> um yeah no, no I well don't you know. should you should it's really oh, good thank you yeah i mean i guess i do think that sometimes it's easy to when you've been playing music for a long time but at a fairly low level, I guess it can, you can play You can go and play a few pub gigs and get quite down about it, I mm. guess is what I'm trying to say. So then to have these reminders that you've actually done stuff yeah. um, and to, and just to have it there and to actually produce the songs, I think is, is really nice. Like I do, I listen to them. I'm, I'm not too proud to listen to my music. I mean, someone's got to, right. For the sake of the Spotify <laughs> algorithm. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, they they are really good, and I, I guess that that feeling I get, not as a musician but a, a painter, I suppose, is I'll I'll make a painting, and I'll look at it and I'll think, yeah, that that's yeah, that's all right, but I don't know if I can do that again, and I don't oh. know how I did it, yeah. and where's the next brushstroke going to take me, 
and I'm worried it's going to just crash and burn and I'll never do a nice painting again. Yeah, no, I literally have that all the time. Yeah, whenever I write a song I'm happy with, I think, why can't I just do that every time I write a song? And it's very frustrating, the fact that you can't just repeat those things. Um, that last song that I played is, is one of my favourite of my own songs. And it was an example of when I felt like I managed to say everything I wanted to say. And and in yes, the style of song I've been trying to write since the seasons of Johan. So every time I pick up a guitar now, I'm like, right, I'm going gonna, gonna to write that song again. Yeah. But it doesn't quite happen the same. And I suppose that's what keeps it magical because there's there's no formula i guess when you're writing there's probably a structure and well, there is but there's a certain bit of magic in there that you you just don't know where it comes from and it, it yeah. lands and then you've got to do something with it yeah a frustrating bit of magic <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that 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 was um great and i'd love to hear sure. I, I, have you got a couple more is it whatever you want yeah yeah yeah. yeah, well, I mean, within reason. Okay, what? yeah, let, let's let's go for it. I'd love to hear Would another. Would you like one. to hear a new song? Oh yes, please. Yeah, sure, let's do that. I want to change, but I'm standing in the way. And I just don't think that I possess The force that it would take To make a change I've got soda burns to prove That I cannot make anything That time cannot undo And now I sing because I know No one's listening If I internalize the sound it won't feel so crippling To be letting myself down I keep letting it play out I heard you changed But you still look at me the same And I can't say I blame you Cause I left and took your name Caught it change This cocktail that I made From two parts sertraline And one part lemonade And now I sing because I know That you're not listening And I have amplified the guilt And the sound is distorting I keep selling you out Interested crowds applaud Back to my toes just curling the edges And I wonder if I'm already dead And I just sing because I know That no one's listening And if I weaponize the doubt 
It won't be so suffocating To be weighing myself down I keep letting it play me And I sing because I know That no one's listening And if I recognize the down It won't be so suffocating To be weighing myself down Oh, I keep letting it play me Superb. So that's off Annihilation Signals. No, Was that it's a newer, newer one? It's new, newer, newer oh, wow. That, yeah. We're lucky. <laughs> that's the song I wrote when I should have been practicing for the tour. So. Oh, well, it's, it's brilliant. It's so nice to get a, a sneak peek at something yeah, new, no, new. So. Yeah, there's something that I quite often do, I think, is that I'm already, I, I think when I played the launch, when I played the launch show for my first album, I played a new song at, at the actual launch show. And so I think um, whenever I should, as I said earlier, whenever I should be practicing or promoting one thing, I'm more interested in writing whatever comes next. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah. And while while you were playing that, I was thinking of Reading as a as a place and how place influences what you do and what you write and create. And it's it's actually a a bit of a hallowed ground for me and music because yeah. of that gig I saw in Sub 89, Dinosaur Junior, the Nirvana 1992, I remember now. Um, Pearl Jam were there. I, I can't remember what year that was. And then I'm looking over at a book called Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis. Oh, yes. Red Hot Chili Peppers were there in 2008. I'm, yeah, I'm, I was there for that. I oh, were you? Yeah. Well, I've got something interesting from that. But... And then, of course, having you here as well, and it's just—I feel there's—it's a special place because I like that I fit into that list. That's quite, that's, <laughs> of that's course big, you do. Of course you that's do. That's the big four. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so Anthony Kiedis, I didn't go to that gig, but my wife's friend is a physio or was a physiotherapist at the time, and worked for Reading. There's a football club in Reading. I guess they're quite a big yeah, team, yeah. and they. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers needed a physio for Anthony Kiedis's ankle, I think, because of all his jumping around and he broke his foot jumping off a roof into a swimming pool and hit, like the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hit the edge of the pool. And I, my wife's friend got asked to be the physio and she ended up being physio for him. And then I said, please, can you take him my copy of scar tissue. Oh, wow. I wasn't married at the time. I was engaged to to my fiance and she told or her friend obviously knew the story and told Anthony Kiedis and then he wrote in the front of the book he said uh Warren loved to the lucky man and I thought that was really nice oh, and great. he signed it and then he gave her the the set list from that gig and I'm opening it up now. Wow. But it's a I think they photocopy about six or seven of them. And this says Reading 8-2507, so that's 25th of August 2007, and then R in a circle. 
and there's Anthony Kiedis's wonderful, big capitalized writing. That is some crazy writing. Yeah. I don't know what the first one is, but the second one is Danny California and then yeah. Scar Tissue and then Parallel Universe and all the other stuff. But yeah, so Reading is is always a special place for, for music and it's nice to have yeah. someone like you. Well, I'm come here from representing there. it fully. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Lee, who are your influences? Who do you look up to in the music world? Oh, yeah, that's always an interesting question, isn't it? I, I think um, my influences are all fairly contemporary, I guess. I mean, I love you're listening to uh, Boy Genius because I've seen your painting here. So that's an album that's been really influencing me lately. I love Phoebe Bridges and her lyrics are incredible. Um, much younger than me, so it's weird to have that as an influence. But um, I first saw her support Bright Eyes. Or it was Conor O'Burst from Bright Eyes. And he is a huge influence on me. Um, so his lyrics are just incredible. Um, so I'm constantly trying to live up to that, I think. Uh, there's an American band called The Weaker Bands. John K. Sampson is the uh, songwriter for them. He's brilliant as well. And he does that, I think better than anyone, he does that uh, trick you were talking about, about pulling things in from the city where he lives and all that kind of uh you know it's for me i think there's with writing a song and writing the lyrics there's the thing that you're actually talking about and then there's the kind of interest in decoration anything you can put around it so i, I love all these people that are exceptionally good at finding those things to make a song unique do you ever get jealous and think they've stolen the idea you wanted or you were going to write about? No, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely get the, um, you know, I hear a song and think, oh, man, I wish I'd I wish I'd written that. Um, there's a, on that Boy Genius album, the song uh, Cool About It, the third verse where Phoebe Bridges comes in. The lyrics to that are so good. And when I heard it, I just thought, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And just the way that it instantly makes you feel, I think that's a real mm -hmm. gift. Yeah. And and music keeps giving. When you think everyone's written everything there is to write, something else comes out, and you think, how did that happen? Yeah, they haven't all written about the underpass for Reading train station. That's exactly, the thing, you know? exactly. I've still got a little bit of mileage in that. <laughs> you definitely have. There's, there's a few. I I used to be a teacher, and I took some A level students to Reading on a geography field trip, and we looked at the city center with the oracle and, and all of that around mm -hmm. there and while the students were doing their um surveys and things i i just had a wonder and i was interested in oscar wilde and the yeah. the, the jail i think they call it it's not a prison it's a the reading it, jail yeah, yeah. um yeah, no, that's really good. I mean, Reading is a bit... I love Oxford because it kind of wears its history right out there. <laughs> uh, Reading, you have to go looking a little bit more. But there, there's some there's some really interesting bits and the Oscar Wilde connection to the jail mm. is is one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's Reading Abbey, which is just around the corner from there, where they've started doing a, a festival now called Down at the Abbey, which is like a one-day event, which is really cool. I've not got to play it. Hint, hint, anybody listening. To this. Soon, they should. But, uh, yeah. They should get you um, on there. Yeah, I'm going to send this to the promoter straight after, <laughs> so right after it goes live. Um, but yeah, so there's, there is some interest in history in Reading, yeah. but you do have to dig for it a bit. Yeah, it's it, it's a good place. I like it. I like going there. I like thinking about those bands that have been there. Once a, once an amazing band has been somewhere, I always like to go and visit and just imagine what it was like yeah. when they played. 
it's harder at Reading Festival because it's just a field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't look like much when you go past on the train. No. It's literally on on the left-hand side as you're heading into Reading from Oxford and you look down and you think, how did they fit all of that into there? Yeah, I was great watching them build it every year, to be fair, watching it go up, seeing the main stage go up and yeah. seeing all the people come into town. The festival is always one of the best things about Reading, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we we see people leaving Oxford, loads of them on the trains and coming back looking quite different on the way home. <laughs> no sleep and all sorts of excesses and fun, I suppose. Yeah, coming back looking different could probably be the slogan <laughs> for Reading Festival, I think. Yeah, yeah well, there's a song in there, I think. <laughs> Lee, what have you got coming up? Um, yeah, sure. Music, what gigs what, and yeah. things. Um, so I'm back in Oxford in July on the 14th at the library once again um for all will be well they've started putting on a night called all will be wired which is a electronic music night which they're very kindly letting me infiltrate under the sort of promise that i bring some electronic elements along uh, so i will be up there absolutely terrified trying to make my songs sound like my album live um and to try and make my set a bit different um that's something i'm really looking forward to uh, and I do love any time I get to come here. And then the next day, the 15th of July, I'm at the Ready Pop Festival, which is a festival we have in Caversham, which I believe an artist called Tiger Mendoza is also playing. Uh, so you should check, check them out. He may um, be in the room doing our <laughs> audio. Thank you very much, Ian. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's some great people playing that. Uh, OSP and uh, some, other, some other great bands and some classic bands headlining. Like I think I've got uh, Sleeper, one of the headliners jungle brothers i want to say there um professor green i think so you know very similar acts to me um (laughs) i'm gonna fit in perfectly there Uh, but now i'm really looking so looking forward to going playing a a small you know festival is it's always exciting and aiden who produced my albums is going to come and play guitar for me as well so it should be particularly good fun well you've got some exciting things coming up and but that's that's about it at the moment. But uh, you know, open to offers, really. <laughs> I didn't come on here just to try and get gigs, but uh, you know, if anyone's going to hear this, oh, I hope I'm they do. And I mean, I I think your your gig that I saw was was so good. I'd love to see another one, and I've I've been so excited to have you here in the shed. And when I asked you, and you said yes straight away, I was like, oh, what? And I, I was I was blown away. So. Thank you for joining us and thank you, Alex, for taking the photos and hopefully people will be able to see those somewhere on the interweb or whatever yeah. that is. And and Ian, thank you for doing the audio once again and Lee, of course, for making the journey out here and sharing oh. your wonderful music with us. I've had a beautiful evening and it's cooled down a bit i was sweating earlier it felt like i was in the front row of a gig which is quite nice i mean you are to be fair. <laughs> oh yeah i am yeah. actually i'm right there at the front but um I'd, it would be so nice if we could hear a song to play out the episode yeah, with and sure thank you so much for having me it's, it's been excellent to come here i love your shed by the way um, so I will be living here from now on. <laughs> well, um, yeah. No, it's great. And I appreciate you guys helping out. Uh, so, yeah, this is the last song. This I'm going to play uh, Holy Smoke, which is a song from my first album.
secrets was a memory I'm just not sure that it's mine It comes to me like suicide Then leaves me just in time Am I your passenger? Will you my creaking spine? Will we haunt these gardens Just like sheets pegged to the line? Oh, I don't know Oh, I don't know Oh, I don't know Holy smoke, you know I don't like the way it tastes Christopher belittled me before he kissed me on the neck I felt the teeth burst through the skin, woke underneath again your Christopher, are you my latest saint? And if I give all my darkness to you, will you take my pain away? I don't know. Oh no, I don't know. No, I don't know. Holy smoke, you know I don't like the toll it takes. I just can't take the toll it takes. The condensation. We can run the length of the wall Soaking right damp into the floorboards You leave me totally Hotel sex was a memory I'm just not sure that it's mine It comes to me just like blasphemy Turns poison into wine Am I your passenger? You're my crawfish slide I hide all your secrets Until I'm ruined And ruined by the light And you won't know oh, you won't Thank you very much. I'm so glad you took on more than just writing those lyrics and you've gone into performing and I mean I know that happened a long time ago but yeah. but yeah fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.